everyone. Welcome to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching. I am here today with special guest Amy Henderson, who is probably one of, I think, one of my favorite people to chat with. We, uh, She is a, well, was a, was a professional triathlete. Uh, we'll talk to her if she still technically is. Now a, a cyclist. She is a mom of two littles who are similar ages as Skylar and Baylor. And she is in the process of starting a new cycling team called Valkyr. Um, Amy lives in Portland, and she's just a wonderful, wonderful person to chat with. She also co-hosts the Moms of Triathlon podcast, which is a really fun podcast uh, for all of you expecting moms, current moms, or honestly, just anybody in general of sharing kind of the ups and downs of everything in between when it comes to being an athlete, redefining yourself, and being a mom or expecting mom on top of that. So, Amy, welcome to the podcast. Want to help support the podcast? Now you can by joining the Where If You Take You community via Patreon. In the community, you'll get early access to guest episodes and three to four mini episodes throughout the month, along with more. It is an ever-evolving community in which we hope to bring more triathlon news, more triathlon support, and just community in general we, while we continue to share our passion and love for the sport that we all participate in. Your support goes a long ways to help supporting the podcast and for us to be able to bring you more content and continue to share our passion and love for the support. You can head over to thewherefeettakeyou.com and find the link on that website, or you can check the show notes. Again, your support goes a long ways to helping support the podcast. I know I've said support a lot here, but that's the way that it goes. And I want to thank you ahead of time for being a loyal listener and loyal subscriber to the podcast. Okay, back to the show. Hi, Kayla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you too. So fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. The last time we chatted was after, uh, what race was that? I feel like Oregon really 70.3. I know. <laughs> I wanted to say Indian Wells, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't even know what I wanted to say, but all I know is that it feels like it's a long time ago. Um, yeah. Crazy to think that it's uh, Jan- end of January, but at the same time, I don't know about you, but January has felt like the longest month in the entire world this year. Oh my gosh. So. I feel like the opposite. I heard you say that on one of your podcasts and I was like, to me, it just feels like it's going fast. I don't know, but I see it both ways. Yeah. Um, well, welcome to the new year. Welcome to 2024. Um, before we are going to talk a lot about, you know, triathlon, mom life, cycling, your new team, etc. But for those of people that are not, don't know you, who is Amy? A little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I live in Portland, Oregon right now with my husband, and we have two kids, Ollie, who's four years old, and Margo, who's two years old. And I I have been an athlete, you know, most of my life. My mom was a triathlete, and so that's how I first got into triathlon. Um, and then I got really focused on it, and I got my pro card in 2018, and I was like, I knew that I wanted kids and I didn't want to wait. So I decided, okay, I reached that goal. Now let's pause, have the kids and then come back with a bang. And then of course the pandemic happened. So I I took time to have another kiddo. And then I was coming back into triathlon in 2021 and 2022. And 
that is sort of when things shifted for me. And I found that I also love cycling and that it maybe made a little more sense with my life. And so now I've switched pretty much fully to being a road cyclist. And that's where I'm at these days. And we've got the podcast, as you mentioned, which, you know, I love, I've always loved podcasts. And um, my friend Allie and I wanted to share, you know, when you are going and starting to experience like having kids, being an athlete, you're trying to get information every, like I know I was, I was trying to gather information. And so we just want to go and be sharing what we felt like would have been really helpful to us as we started that journey. So that's what's going on these days. Yeah. No, that's that's one of the things I, I love too. And I think there's not enough of that out there. Like I just feel like you you trying to conceive, having kids, trying to be an athlete, and it's just like where you don't there's no information. You just are thrown into this abyss of nothingness. <laughs> Like, yeah. hey, figure it out on your own. There is no manual. But, oh, by the way, you're probably not doing it right. Like, that's how I feel like <laughs> it always is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And it's it's crazy because it really is like the cultural thinking around it has changed so much over the years. And I think a, a big part of it, too, obviously, like the internet, social media has made it more accessible. But even still, the people who often have been sharing their journeys are professional athletes we see a lot of their sports journeys but they're also the ones who are less likely to have a kiddo or if you have a kid then you just you maybe fall away from your sport and then we're not learning about that experience or any of it so yeah i think it's it's been great more recently as more and more stories have started to emerge because experiences vary so much Yeah. yeah and that's what's been really interesting with Allie and I, and now we brought Jen on the podcast too. And like Allie and I have basically the exact opposite experiences, right? She's a stay at home mom. She's really, now that she has two kids, had to like really step back from having racing goals and training goals and come to terms with that. And I've been able to, you know, lean into some of my training and racing and so it's like it's just amazing mm-hmm. to like have both of those things exist and be able to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So kind of with that, you know, you talk about kind of being able now you again you said you have a four year old and a two year old. I have the exact same ages. Yeah. Um <laughs> and uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know if it's easier at this like getting easier or not. I haven't I, decided. I know, I know, right? I personally do feel like when they hit two and four this does feel like to me when it's starting to maybe plateau. Yeah. <laughs> it's no longer the exponential, like, cause you know, at least once you have a new, a two year old and a new baby, like you realize how easy a baby seems when you've already had one right. and now you have a two year old, but then chaos. as they get older and they can walk, then you're like, now I have two kids walking around. And so I feel like right now it does feel like it's, it's the dust is settling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you said you're kind of able to like start to lean into the athlete side of you a little bit more. Can you talk to me a little about what that means to you and what that looks like? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, like for me, it was I earned my pro card in Kona in 2018. And that was like that trip in Hawaii. You know, we had our little vacation after the week after. And that is when the big question was, 
do I focus on being a pro or do I pause to have a baby? Because I knew that I was very close to being ready and that I literally had actually signed up for her. Um, we got married in August of 2017 and I signed up for Santa Rosa in 2018 intentionally to stop myself from getting pregnant right away. <laughs> ah, yes. That's how ready I knew that's I was. That's how ready you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so then once I hit that goal of getting the pro card, it was like, okay, I, now it's the big question. And pretty quickly I knew like I want to pause and have, have a kiddo. Um, but that also meant that I knew I really wanted to be able to come back to it once mm-hmm. I'd had kids that, you know, I still had big goals in triathlon because I felt like I was only just getting started and felt like I was only just realizing my potential. And so I honestly am really glad that my husband and I like, I mean, he's been so supportive, but it was very clear from the outset, like, this is like, I still have goals in this area and I want us to figure out how I can get back to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really helped things. Um, And honestly, then, you know, once we had the two kids and things got even more difficult and I was trying to still work and I was trying to still train and we just both, I mean, I remember that training, training cycle for, you know, training for 70.3s at the time. And I remember one night we had this big conversation before I had to go and do a big TT workout the next day, like a big brick weekend workout. And he was like, this is not really working. I feel too overwhelmed. The balance isn't right. Like this isn't working for me. I don't think it's working for you. And oh my gosh, like waking up the next morning and going and having to drive away and do that workout. Like I just wanted to cry. And I was like, I like, I want to be out here, but I feel so guilty and so bad. But also everything he was saying was true. Like I understood where he was coming from. And so in the end, we were able to make the decision for me to pause, you know, stop working Mm -hmm. for a while, focus more on balancing, you know, time with the kids and the family and then the training. And You know, I mean, I'm so grateful for that because it's hard when you know, like, and part of the reason we made that choice, right? I did, and I think you were there too, um, Chattanooga 70.3 in, Mm -hmm. what year was it? 2022? Because I had two kids. Yeah. 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 I was trying to qualify for my pro card. Yeah. 2022. Yes. Exactly. Um, so I did Chattanooga that year and I, I PR'd it on less training than I'd been doing before having kids. You know, I, I got a PR and I was like, okay, if I can do that on as little training as I've been doing and I was working and all of that, it just, that there's that question. Like, it's so frustrating when you Mm -hmm. have that question of like, what can I do? What could I achieve? But I just felt like I'm never going to know because I don't have the ability. And so I had to change the question and the one hand to say, what can I do with my life circumstances as they are? Like, what is the best that I can be? Um, But then also, you know, that sort of like when I talked to my husband about that, that was one of the things he brought up when we decided that it was that we would make it work for me to quit my job was like, you know, it's okay to I mean, we only live one life and, you right. know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not getting younger. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so it's like, yeah, at some point you gotta, 
you know, if you're able to lean in and, you know, take a leap. And I mean, I know you've been doing that with mm-hmm. taking the pro card and yep. yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we've had similar conversations whereas we had, we had that conversation big time. Like <clears throat> ours was a little bit different in that we, we talked about like daycare, no daycare um, because mm-hmm. I cannot do what I do without daycare. Mm-hmm. Just not po- it's not possible. Um, I, and it was that same question it was like, well, what do we want to lean into? Do we want to lean into you trying to grow your coaching business? Do we want to lean into you as the athlete and what that could then do for your coaching business and, and you as a human? And it came down to, we got to lean into these things. And because otherwise I'm not the person that I want to be. Um, and that, yeah. you know, that was our big decision. Um, and yeah, it's hard and it's crazy um, to make those types of decisions. Um, you know, kind of with that. So, you know, for you, like you just talked about like, okay, lean into the athlete side of you, but you, you, you keep, what, I mean, one of the things I think is cool about you is that you keep re, kind of redefining yourself a little bit. So, right, you went from pro triathlete to now mom and then having to lean into the athlete side a little bit of those things. But then you went from pro triathlete now cycling. Like what really got you into cycling? What prompted that? And yeah, walk, talk me through kind of how you've now re- redefined that side of you because it is different. It's still athlete side, but it's a completely different concept. Yeah. It felt so different and so like scary and strained and hard to sort of come to terms with, honestly, because Mm. I, and you know, again, I mean, this is something you, as you've mentioned, I, I can see many points throughout my life when I've had to do that. I mean, there was a big point in my life where I was like dead set on getting my PhD in psychology and I wanted to go and, you know, be a try to go for tenure track professorship and do research and all of that. And I got, and I was in my post back research position. And that's when I like really fell in love with triathlon. And Mm -hmm. it took me years of grappling with like letting go and accepting that I didn't have the motivation for the going to a PhD program anymore because I wanted like to honestly yeah. do triathlon and to have a more balanced life. I mean, there was a lot of things in life. You know, I wanted to I just didn't want to dedicate my life in the way that I felt like I should do if I went for the PhD and, you know, that's yeah. a, again another story, but I I feel like the same thing happened when I was at that crossroads of doing triathlon. I had the two kids. I was finally able to go and race some races as a pro. And honestly, so Chattanooga was my first race back. And I remember doing that race and feeling like I didn't feel the same race nerves, which in a way also meant I didn't feel the same like excitement. And it was still really mm-hmm. exciting. You know, I hadn't done a triathlon in a long time and it was my first pro race and there was a lot there, but it was like, I don't, it felt like something was missing, honestly. And and I had to, I didn't know, is that just because I am a mom now and I have a totally different concept of what, you know, the, like what matters in the world? Is it, is it just something there? But like, it just felt very strange to me. And so I did two 70.3s that year and the second one was Oregon 70.3. And then the Wednesday after Oregon 70.3, so less than a week later. I did a Wednesday night bike race 
in Portland, Mount Tabor. It's a weekly series. And I didn't, you know, never wanted to do one before Mm -hmm. my race because I don't want to crash. I was afraid of bike racing and all that. And I did this race and I was more nervous, more excited, more energized, more motivated for this like 20 minute weeknight bike race than a pro triathlon race. Yeah. And that was like, I pretty much knew and it still took time to grapple with, but I was like, I think bike racing is the next step for me. And there's a lot of pieces to that. One is it's really hard to train for triathlon with two young kids. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. three sports, it right? Mm-hmm. And getting to the pool, I don't really like. <laughs> and it adds <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> um, but but then also, you know, I was thinking about like cuz what I what I wanted to want to do was Ironman mm-hmm. Wisconsin. There was a pro field. I'm from Wisconsin. That was my first ever Ironman and it was on the pro calendar and I was just like I wanted to want to do it and I just I couldn't find that motivation. And I just yeah. the thought of the like, you know, the long weekend mm-hmm. brick workouts for an Ironman. I just, I was like, yeah. I just can't do it, you know? Yeah. And that was when I really realized like bike racing was the direction because it's easier to do locally. Honestly, I was totally new to it. So there's a lot of growth. Yeah, that's sort of the fun part about a sport is when you mm-hmm. see that big growth trajectory. And yes, I was still seeing that in triathlon, but it's very difficult mentally to go from your goal is to win a race in an age yeah. group, um, and then you're you know you're like middle or, of yeah or bottom middle of the pack. pro field, mm-hmm. and like you know there's fewer yeah. people around and all of that. That was really difficult, um, and yeah, I just got really excited about bike racing. And the other difficult thing was at the same time, I was making this decision with the family, right? Can I lean into my athlete, you know, focus and identity and have the time to do that. And that was difficult because in triathlon, I sort of had a proven track record. I could say I'm a pro. And so it felt more legitimate to like quit my job to be mm-hmm. a pro triathlete than to quit my job to be like a cat four cyclist yeah. <laughs> at the bottom, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that was a big part of it. So I even, I started training with a new coach who has cycling and triathlon background. Um, I was, he works with my friends who do cycling. So I was sort of hiring him as a cycling specialist, but I still wanted the ability to do either one. And I was even yeah. talking to him about which one should I do? What, like, I don't know which direction to go. And it really was when I was quitting my job and like having to pick a focus, I was like, well, shouldn't I try to figure out how good I can be in triathlon? Because I am like, I'm right there. But I just, I just had to admit to myself, like, that's just not what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to focus on it. So yeah, that was, it was very difficult to really listen to what I really just deep down wanted and not what mm-hmm. I wanted to want or felt like I should want or thought other people expected of me. Um, so it was definitely a big process for me. When you finally kind of came to that realization that, you know, cycling was where you wanted to go. Um, and again, we're going to use the word a lot, lean in, leaned into that. How did you feel? Oh, it's hard to remember. It's hard to think back and like, because I, I'm trying to remember if I had that feeling of just like, 
Okay. Yeah, was like, it like relief? Yeah. Right, like or a relief. Just, like, oh, I finally made the decision. I think yeah. or did you just I think it roll was I, I think it was once I finally like made the decision, talked to my coach and realized it's cycling, like mm-hmm. it has to be cycling. Um I think it felt it just felt right. Like I just knew. I was like, okay, like I, there's all this other baggage that I was fighting. And so yeah, there was that relief. There was like I didn't look back really, you know, and I did, it was interesting, right? Because I still did the race that we were talking about at the start of the episode, Oregon 70.3, the next year in the middle of my cycling Mm -hmm. racing. And I did it because, you know, it's an hour from where I live. I can get there so easily. It has a pro field. And so, so I wasn't, you know, fully ready to like give it up. But Mm -hmm. when I was doing that race, my coach asked me, you know, do you want to train like a triathlete or do you want to train like a cyclist who's like throwing in a triathlon? Mm -hmm. And very much I was like, I want to train like a cyclist and let's add it on. But the the focus is cycling. And so even Mm -hmm. making that decision again was like, you know, continuing to choose cycling, choose cycling. And honestly, like (laughs) I loved that race. I had so much fun. Um, but this year, like, I feel like I'm glad that I did it because now I know, like, I don't need to, you know, like, I really Mm -hmm. feel like I can fully switch. So I do think that was helpful, but yeah. Um, so we're not going to see you on any triathlon start lines this year. Most likely. No, it is funny. I still, whenever people ask me, I say, well, I feel like I should do one triathlon (laughs) called moms of triathlon, you know? Um, and so if I did one, I would do very much like a local sprint yeah. on a weekend. The problem is, is like, as moms, right, I am so picky with what races I'll do and like, what's worth it to me. You know, there's, there's so many options. There's so many things. If I didn't have kids, like I would do so many more races and fun things. And, you know, maybe I would yeah, do grand fondos. But right now it's very much I need to focus on. I mean, I love racing. I want to yeah. race like the big competitive races. And so, you know, do I want to go and ask my family to let me go for, you know, a weekend, even if it's just the morning to do a triathlon? Eh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't say never. <laughs> I know that that's a, my, my coach, when we were doing race planning this year, she asked me the question. So like in your dream, like if you could go to any single race, what would you go to? And I was like, well, that's not really a fair question for me because <laughs> yeah. it's not possible right now. Like I can't just jet off to Switzerland and go to Switzerland. Not even because of the money, honestly, because actually what I realize is it's really not like I can actually afford to go there, but I can't, yeah. I don't no, It's not even that I can't, I don't want to take that time away from the family. Yeah. We, can't, we can't afford to bring the whole family at this juncture on like multiple branding, yeah. campaign, right? All those pieces. But right. Um, I don't want to be gone from the kids for 10 days because that's kind of what it would look like to go to, like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I was like, that's not even a fair question. Yeah, I I know. I just can't. I'm not, not Chelsea Sodaro, whose (laughs) husband was able to quit his job and like. Yeah. 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 So. I know. It is funny because it's like recognizing that limit. Because sometimes the limiter, right, Mm -hmm. with your coach is almost trying to get at is the limiter of. Oh, like let's you know think of a, a wild yep. dream and let's make it happen. And exactly. then it's like, uh, it ca- it's just not even 
yeah. She's not trying even to tease it. out like where, yeah. du- what direction we should what go. What are you really excited about? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not, it just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, but okay. So cycling, um, I know you kind of do the whole range of it. So what does, you know, you've done, I know last year, like you've done stage races, crit races, um, cycle cross, um, how, I guess for those, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, mostly are triathletes. So we're kind of whole cycling thing is a little bit new to a lot of us. Walk me through kind of just what does it look like? What is it? What is the journey from newbie cyclist to now, which we can get to in a minute, someone who is a part of a team and they're starting their new own team as well. Um, yeah. Which is a lot and crazy and awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love this question because first of all, my one of my dreams is that to recruit more women to cycling, I think the people we need to be targeting are the triathletes. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because triathlon really honestly feels a lot easier for getting into the sport. You know, I think triathlon does a pretty good job um, of getting that pipeline of like new people doing it and stuff. And cycling races to me, the whole world is way more intimidating. Yes. And it's, it's so hard to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I... I'm a very much a researcher. I'm looking up information and you're, I'll be researching the different teams and stuff. And like the web pages are not good. You can't find yes. out any information. You can't even find like, I was trying to find like races in Arizona and I had a hard time finding, like I would look, I'm like, oh, this one looks cool. And I'm like, oh wait, it's juniors only. Like what? That doesn't right. make sense. Like what is happening? College yeah. kids only. Why is it on here? Yes. I don't even know how much it costs. Do I have to have a team? Can I do it? Like, what? Agreed. It is so confusing. confusing. Yes. So I think like, um, you know, the entryway more so is community, right? And so finding, trying to figure out group rides. And, you know, I've had people connect me with their friends who more recently got into cycling and... Um, and so I'll try to answer the questions and, but it's even intimidating to think of going to a group ride. Like, yeah. can I keep up with that group? I mean, it says no drop, which would mean, what does that know, mean? we try to stick yeah. together, but like, is it really no, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's, mm-hmm. so it can be very intimidating and difficult. And I think, um, you know, as I've been getting into it, um, learning about one of the great things is in Portland, we have these weeknight series, right? So we have Mm -hmm. that Mount Tabor race I mentioned on Wednesdays. So there's, you know, six, six weeks in summer or Wednesday nights you can go. And for one, like I went to one of those before I even raced it just to see it. So I could be at the race and see what it looked like and did that before I signed up. I actually, you know, I have friends who do triathlon and have done bike racing also. So I went and I like previewed the course with a friend and he showed me and he explained, oh, you know, here, you maneuver it in this way and stuff. So I mean, like getting, yeah, finding people who can mm-hmm. sort of guide you and um, is, I would say, like one tip for anyone looking to get into it. But I think really trying to start looking at like, if you can find any of those weekly series, those are great because they're more of a closed course. You can repeat it. They're easy to access. They are really, you know, a weeknight series is pretty low, um, and pretty, you know, chill. Yeah, exactly. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Like just a low bar and it's not, you know, I mean, they can get pretty competitive, but, um, it's a good starting point. 
Yes, it's a great starting point. So that's one way. And another thing is, you know, there's stuff like I mentioned, a Grand Fondo. That's something that's more of like an organized ride, but it's mm-hmm. not a race. So, you know, those you might see like, oh, there's a, cent- a local century ride you can go and sign up for. That's more of a Grand Fondo where you would go, but you're not racing, but people are sort of riding together. Some people might try to go fast and some people might stop at all of the aid stations mm-hmm. and, you know, stop for 20 minutes and eat eat some snacks. And then, um, you know, I've really enjoyed, like you mentioned, the stage races. This yeah. is something that is pretty different from triathlon, right? Because mm-hmm. most of our racing is one day unless you're doing Ultraman or maybe if you go to a triathlon festival and you race like a sprint and then a Olympic or something. Mm-hmm. But stage races are that all each of the days um, or each of the events counts towards a general standing. So this is what I maybe, think is cool. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so cool. So maybe you start with a big road race on Friday and every, you know, you race 70 miles together and then your start, your finish times, that's the, that's your, you know, overall standing, your GC. Um, and then the next morning you might have a time trial that you're time trialing solo for 10 miles and, or maybe more like five often, you know, a, a pretty quick short time trial. And then you add those times up with your times from the first day mm-hmm. and then you see who's in what position. Right. And then that night you might have a criterium, which is a really, sh- you know, it's a short loop. So often like um, it might be around a few city blocks and you might ride it, you know, typically for like 45 minutes and then they figure out how many laps it is after a few laps, um, you know, into the race. And those are very much about, the sprint finish which is super fun they're very fast they're very much about like you know cornering well and efficiently conserving energy in the pack and again you'll have you know add those times up and so it it goes on like that and then you might have like a road race on the sunday that's what Mm -hmm. our local stage races look like and those are fun because you're getting that endurance um but you're also you know if you find a team it's like a fun race weekend with your teammates hopefully you all can like stay together in an airbnb or something and you get to just like really build that camaraderie um with whoever you go to the race with and so that's super fun and so now i remember you know you're asking about the team question Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yep um when i did my first bike race that wednesday night you know i wasn't on a team which was fine i just went i signed up i did the beginner category um, for women's racing at that local one, all the women raced together anyway. So, you know, it was everyone from mm-hmm. cat five to cat one, um, but scored a little bit in two, in two groups, the beginners and then like the other women. And when I finished, you know, I pulled over after the finish line and I was like in the sprint finish and stuff. And these, these two women came up to me and now they're, you know, my teammates and my good friends, Hannah and Paula, mm-hmm. and they come up to me and they're like, who are you? Do you live in Portland? (laughs) And I was like, oh, you know, I'm a triathlete, but this is my first road race. And they're like, oh my gosh. And, you know, so we, Mm -hmm. even just from that, like it's a small community. So you go to a race and you start chatting with people before Mm -hmm. or after the race or during the race. And then through that, you know, you start to get connected. Your community starts to grow. So you then, you know, follow people on Instagram and Strava and you Mm -hmm. see what races they're doing or what events they're doing. And you start to build your sense of like, what is the cycling world in my city? 
So that is how, you know, through talking with Hannah and Paula, well, Hannah was on this team. She was basically the only woman on the POA, which is the team I was on last year. And so then, you know, a couple months later, her teammate and good friend Travis was wanting to recruit teammates for Hannah because otherwise he was like, Hannah's going to leave and go to a different team because, you know, you need teammates of your own gender to race, but that's the point of a bike team. Um, And so he starts recruiting. And so I get a random message from this guy, Travis, that's like, um, hey, you know, I am recruiting. I think you'd be great on the team. And we're going to have a group ride on this day. Come check it out, meet people. And I knew it was the team Hannah was on. So I was like, okay, like, might as well go check it out. And um, one of the things that Travis said that I loved about that start of that recruiting process is that he said that he didn't want to be poaching people from other teams mm-hmm. yeah. because part of his big goal was very much growing women's cycling in Portland. And you're not really growing it if you're just reshuffling yeah. the team structure. <laughs> yep. And so yep. it was like yep. finding people like me who were interested in, you know, had maybe yeah. dabbled in some cycling stuff, but weren't connected yet, didn't have a team and bringing us together and creating something from that um, very cool yeah yeah wow that is fun <laughs> um so then once you're kind of like with the team does each pe- person right i mean a little Have bit different kind of roles see. and stuff yes that's what yep different roles yes. how do you define that what how does that even come about like, oh my so gosh. Yes. No, I know. I love this question because starting the race season, I was like, wait, when do we decide right. in the, like, yeah. who, who are we racing for? How do right. we know who it is? Like, how do, is where it do me? I Is in? it someone else? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was so interesting. So it was, oh my, it was so cool to like see this and learn this. Um, so the team that ended up coming together was amazing because it was a beautiful mix of women who were super experienced and had to leave their teams for whatever reason. Um, and then also newbies like me. So, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. people with different experiences, you know, triathlon, honestly, a lot of people, like pretty much everyone on the team has tried to triathlon. So I go in thinking I'm the triathlete. That's my identity. And then I'm like, okay, I need to shut up about this. Cause you've all done triathlons at some point. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, getting to my point of like, we need to bring people from triathlon because, it really yeah. is an easy an easy sport to get into, which is great. Like mm-hmm. triathlon's done that really well. Okay, so we had the experienced people, and so they led the way, which was great. And before our first team race, um, and I was technically racing Cat Four, so I didn't even get to be in the race with all my teammates because they were all like one twos and threes. Mm-hmm. But they, I got to join in the team Zoom call like a couple nights before the race. So. We all get on Zoom and we start talking about, okay, let's look at the start list. Who do we know on the start list? Who you sort of mark riders. Okay, this person's a strong time trialist. Like, don't let these people get in a break. We want to make sure that, you know, we're covering them if they're, you know, trying to make moves in the race, right? So first you have some of that recon of knowing um, that stuff. And in the beginning, of course, you're just getting to know everyone on the team. So there was no... Like you have a sense of there's one person who we all know is sort of our sprinter. Yeah. Um, so given that, like if it comes down to, you know, the ending, then we try to set things Make up for that person. person. 
Exactly. But in the beginning, it's very much, you know, you're talking about different things that could happen, different ideas for how it can play out. But it's pretty open-ended and it's more just informational. And then we also would generally have like a team meeting the morning before the race to, you know, during the warm-up to like touch base again. Now at the stage race, um, so this was the first time I think I got to race with like, you know, the big team and the one, two, threes. And again, I was like, well, I think my training's going pretty well. Like, what does that mean? Could I, you know, what, where do I fit in? And very much it was, um, we, it just depends on how day one plays out. Right. So what happened Mm -hmm. on day one is that (laughs) I, um, was trying to help like get the breakaway started. So, you know, you have the Peloton and then a few people, you know, maybe make an attack, which means they go really hard. They try to sprint away. And hopefully you get a group of a few people up the road that work really hard together and hopefully get to the finish line before the Peloton and then can sprint for the finish. Right. And essentially I, at one point made an attack. It was a decent attack. Um, I think, And, you know, I was away for a little bit, but then the Peloton brought me back. And then I made my huge mistake, which is that I sat on the front and I did not recover because Mm. I didn't really know. Because you're an athlete, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was like, I'm fine. I'm just going to keep. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand how to slot in. I didn't know. Like, I didn't want to fall too far back. And so then I was sort of like a known threat to some of the other teams at that point from a different race where I just time trialed away the whole, the whole race. And so, so then they counterattacked. So they knew, oh, Amy's going to be tired. They went for an attack. I knew that was the attack I needed to follow. So I did follow it, but I wasn't recovered. And so I just couldn't hang in. And so, um, was spit off the back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then almost dropped from the Peloton because I was that tired, but luckily stayed in there. So basically, there were six people in that breakaway. They finished far ahead of us. One of my teammates was there. And so that meant the rest of the weekend, we were working for her. Yeah. So that was sort of great because it took the pressure off. So then you get to the criterium and it was like, Angela just needs to sit in. And everyone else, like my job was to mark all of the attacks. Anyone that tried to go, I sat in, but my my job was do not work with them. I wasn't trying to make any breakaways work. I was just trying to make sure that I got in there. And if it were to work, like I could sprint for the win, but really I'm mm-hmm. sitting on their wheel and trying to slow them down so that they go back into the Peloton, which was super fun. It was really great. Like it really shifts your whole perspective, right? Cause now it's not all on you and you're just, yeah. you know, focused on your job, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting, fun mindset of having a team. And even that first, like one of my races, when I did go off the front and time trial, and again, it was very much a triathlete thing. You're sitting in the bunch and you're like, why are we going so slow? <laughs> and and then you're a triathlete, right? So my experience was I'm anxious. Like, I don't like being that mm-hmm. close to so many people. Yeah. And so it's like, easier to just go ahead and just do it solo and so that's why like I got fed up and I just sprinted ahead made an attack they didn't chase after me because you know they didn't know that I was a threat yet because you know I was new and um and in my head I was thinking I'm doing all of this for Angela our sprinter like Mm -hmm. I'm going hard right now but they're eventually going to catch me I wasn't thinking about oh I'm about to do like you know 
for 40 miles solo or whatever. Like it was a pretty yeah. long race. Um, I was thinking I'm working for Angela. The longer I stay away, the more our, my teammates get to sit in the pack and the more the other people on the other teams have to work to try to bring me back. So yeah. for like a long, long time, I was doing effort for someone else, which made it easier, yeah. which was really cool. That is cool. There's just so much to think about. Though I, you know, for one thing I'm learning as I've like really getting through like the the pro field is that, especially now, it is becoming more and more like that. In even in triathlon, like just because the level up has gotten so high, like you have yeah. to really think about these things. Like, do I sit in here? Do I sit, you know, in the draft zone appropriately yes, in the draft zone? Right. Um. Do I surge here? Okay. Do I need? Do I? Do I? Who do I? Do I not want to pull up this group? Do I need to get through so that this group? I break this group and they don't come through. Like, it's just there's so much thinking that you have to do. <laughs> yeah, which is Crazy. so cool, right? I mean, yeah. For one, like. It's a little bit of a distraction from, you know, some of the right, just the, the, pain the pain of sitting and time trialing. And then too, like it's I mean, it's like a I mean, that's why they say sometimes it cycling is like a chess game, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. just it's fun. It's strategic. It's all of that. And that's what's so great about the fields getting deeper and like more and more, you know, female mm-hmm. pros getting up there and the added money in, yep. the, you know, the pro field and everything. Yeah. 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 How has your training changed? Like, have you noticed a hu- is it completely different from triathlon training, or what does training as a cyclist look like compared to triathlon? Yeah. Um, so, as I mentioned, I switched coaches, and um, my old triathlon coach, you know, he was great. He trained me through to my pro card and everything, and I and he also had some cycling background and experience. Um, but I could just tell, you know, I was ready for a change. Yeah. I needed, you know just a little bit of new motivation and stuff like that. And so obviously that was a big change. Um, my coach actually, so it's hard to say like between triath, like switching from triathlon, yeah. like there's two variables, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, a lot of what's been different, very much my training is, it's not focused on FTP really. It's mm-hmm. focused on like best effort in a set. So, mm-hmm. you know, today my workout was four sets of five by 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, and then a five minute recovery period. And there was no, you know, number to hit or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. how can you do this set where you are trying to hold, you know, an even amount of watts throughout each 30 seconds. You're holding an even, you're trying to maintain, you know, within the set and then across, you know, each each of them and it hurts so bad you know (laughs) I'm like that was so hard and then I'm like I feel like it's hard because I made it hard but it you know that's the point um yeah so yeah so that's been interesting um and I don't know I'm trying to think of what else I mean I still add in a little bit of running because you know if you stop running then you can't run. <laughs> like, no, yeah, it's really hard to get back into. And I love running. So I don't want to, you know, I want to always just mm-hmm. like be able to go for a run if I want to. It also helps with travel. If you travel away from the bike, right? Like, yes. Then yeah. you have That's nice something. Running. Yeah. Um, and my strength training, you know, I'm doing very like more, it's a, sh- you know, sort of shorter, just mm-hmm. like focused on squats 
lunges, you know, some rows, some uh, push-ups, you know, just pretty simple stuff. And, but definitely, you know, focused on that leg strength and like squats with heavy weights, lunges with heavy weights. So that's been really nice and, and focused. Um, Yeah. Sounds like there's definitely a lot of similarities. It's just, you know, with some slight differences. I mean, in reality, it makes sense. Right. Right. I was going to say, you know, the fundamental principles. Yeah. Like long days, easy, you know, vary your quality, you know, have recovery after your quality. quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that makes sense. Awesome. Um, Okay. So now it is 2024 and you are in the process. Well, not necessarily the process, but you guys launched a new team called Valkyr. Um, I just talk to me a little bit about that. What has that process been like? Um, what what does that look like for 2024? And you know, you can talk to me about it if you want to tell me like why you're starting the team. Yeah, just I, I want to hear a little bit about it. Um, I love the name. Um, so explain a little bit the different like how you came up with the name. I know because I listened to a podcast with you, but <laughs> for all the other listeners, yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, some of the backstory behind it, um, you know, last year, like I said, I rode for a team POA, you know, we had a title sponsor and it was a very well-established men's team in Portland um, with, like I mentioned, like one, one female on mm-hmm. it. And so they recruited and we had, like I said, I mean, this amazing, strong, diverse, like group of women with different back backgrounds. And we came and like, you know, definitely made a splash, like, yeah. we're pretty dominant in the Pacific Northwest. And, it, you know, it was, it was super fun. Mm-hmm. It was great. Like, what an amazing experience for my first bike racing team. You know, I remember showing up to that first race and like, riding around before the race with my teammates all in our matching kits. And I was like, this is like, that is cool. so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, And, you know, I mean, really, like, We all felt good and happy as a team. And honestly, what it came down to was some differences of opinion with Mm -hmm. the leadership of the team and, you know, truly like not really feeling like our voices were really heard and fully respected. And, you know, some things transpired and we just decided as a group, like all the women got together and we were like, we need to leave. We need to do our own thing. And, you know, yes, there was financial support on that team to some extent, but, you know, it's it's not worth it, right? Like, it, yeah. in the end, like, it's, you know, you have to... If your voice isn't being yeah. heard, then <laughs> that financial support is, isn't always worth it. Exactly. And so, personally, I feel like it ended up at a great point in time because we had already established like this solid group. Mm -hmm. We had a really good, we were like, this is a great team. We had a great team culture. We had, you know, supportive people. We just, and, and the other thing that we had is that we had people with different experiences in cycling and like starting teams in different ways and different time and different skills to contribute that when we were making the decision, it was, it very much, it felt right. And it felt like, this is going to be a good thing and we have what we need. And we even said from the outset, like, even if we all show up in March at the first local race wearing black kits, yeah, that like we're a team, right? Mm -hmm. That's enough. And so I think that, you know, is 
really helpful when making any of these big jumps. I found it helpful mm-hmm. starting a podcast. I was like, my goal is just to do it, to learn what it's like and to learn editing and for fun. And if no one listens, like I'm still going to learn a bunch. And yeah. so it felt like that. There's like that safety net of like the bar is set very low and uh, you know, we hope we there can achieve no more. Basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And it was also a good time in the sense that it was fall and we still had time like our kits are coming in a week or two and so you know we're gonna get them before the season starts yeah Yeah, (laughs) um and so very much right away we just all like we started having team meetings we started um you know honestly even like recruiting new people because you know there were friends that we knew you know, we d- had different people who like we knew would be good additions to the team. And now that we were doing our own thing, we could sort of make those choices. Yeah. We started developing committees. We have like a membership committee that talks about, okay, what does it actually look like for our recruitment and, and that process? We have a design committee. So the committee that was like, let's figure out our kit design. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, a social media committee that's working on that type of stuff. Um, we all pitch in with sponsorship ideas and stuff like that. So it's very much this like collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly deciding on the name, which, you know, you need a name <laughs> to yeah. Yeah. like talk about yourselves. So it's a pretty early important step. And that was very much, let's all like brainstorm a little bit, throw in a bunch of names and then everyone has a vote. And we did like two or three rounds of, voting and um you know sort of the rank order uh you know analysis mm-hmm. to decide what won and then that's how we landed on Valkyr which of course you know has that north myths mythology yep. female warrior like strong but also you know more like instead of saying Valkyrie like a little bit yep. of a modern feel a little bit you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um and Similar with the kit design, you know, I'm on that committee and we had, you know, we threw out a bunch of different ideas and then, you know, started voting on things. And so it's been very much like people who can chip in their time and ability have been and also things come and are very like democratic and mm-hmm. and all of that. So um, it's been going really well. And what's really cool is we've been starting to you know, work on the sponsorship and, and mm-hmm. get other, you know, brands on board and um, talking to different people. And it's cool just seeing like, you know, we, we sit back and we look because, you know, we've got a few sponsors now and we sit back and it's like, how did this happen? It's like, well, you know, honestly, it's just the cycling community is pretty small and we yeah. have connections in the different ways and people, you know, were excited to support us and help us and then connected us and whatnot. And so we are sponsored by one of the local shops, West End, which mm-hmm. they're excited to have us on board to start helping like lead rides from the shop and build community, yeah. you know, help connect them to the community. And so I mm-hmm. think it's a really great relationship where that's a big goal of ours is the community building and like getting new women on rides. And we've been leading rides from the shop and from there you know, there was one person who came out, she's a rower and I was chatting with her the whole ride. And like, you know, she was sort of wondering like, what would it be like to be on the team? And, you know, I was telling her, you know, my experience and, you know, she's looking for that, like 
mentorship and, yep. you know, people who can help her grow in the sport. And so now she's joining the team and stuff like that. So it's been already like a really cool way to get connected to different people. Um, and then one of the really exciting ones is that Smith is sponsoring us. And, um, you know, I didn't realize that they are sort of, they have, you know, an office in Portland and people in Portland. And what's amazing is just getting those, um, getting any amount of sponsorship, like whatever it is, whatever level of support, it just feels, it feels really good. Validating. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, okay, like you believe in what we're trying to do. Like we're doing something that's worth supporting and like you get it. And so mm-hmm. I just think all of that is like really energizing. And I mean, I just can't wait to race, you know, I'm like yeah. it's going to be going to be so fun. So with that, what does the season look like for you? Do you know? Well, yet? yeah, it's it's tricky planning a bike race season um, because a lot of it does come that? down what was that? yes exactly and a lot of it comes down to teammates you know you want to mm-hmm. do what your teammates are at um it is a team sport which has been like wild to wrap my head around right of like when someone wins it's not that person it's like their team, team. helped them their team was doing stuff you know when you win prize money it's split amongst the team which yeah. is really cool um and so yeah we'll see what other people end up doing. Um, there's two big stage races in the Pacific Northwest. There's Tour de Bloom, which is in Wenatchee, Washington in uh, like start of May, I think. And then there's Baker City Cycling Classic in Oregon um, mm-hmm. in, I don't know, end of June or something. And so those are two that I will probably be doing with the team. We can drive to them. We get houses. Like They're just mm-hmm. awesome, fun racing weekends. Yeah. And then filling it with you know, there's the local calendar on the weekends and those races are nice because you can sort of decide as you go. And, you know, of course it's good to, to register for things early if you can, mm-hmm. because then the race knows people are showing up, but, um, you know, there's some flexibility there and ability to get to things and, and decide as you go. But the big thing for me this year is, you know, similar with triathlon, like my goal is to try to compete at whatever is the highest level that makes sense for me to have Mm -hmm. good competition. And so this being my second full year of bike racing, I'm very much hoping to get to some of the big national level races. And last year that honestly wasn't even really possible because those are often those big stage races that are road races are in the spring. And I wasn't, I was still like a cat three, like I couldn't even (laughs) race with them. So this year I am hoping to race Redlands Bicycle Classic, which is in, it's near LA. That's a pretty long um, stage race. And there's an opportunity, hopefully, to race with a composite team. So that means people from different teams, we're all going to come together and race as one team. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, there's a program, the Amy D Foundation, that puts together composite teams for a bunch of different races. And their application opens in February. So I'm hoping to apply for that. And that's a very big, you know, well-known established group Mm -hmm. that brings together newer cyclists and goes and races at the big level races. To kind of get you to that, get, make that next step. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So cool. So exciting. Yeah. 
That's so fun. Awesome. Um, okay, we are coming up kind of on our hour here, but what I want to know, my last couple, last question for sure, and then maybe it might, might morph mm-hmm. into one, but um, what have you learned the most about yourself during this process? Interesting. Um, man, it's funny to think about like, what have I learned the most about myself versus just mm-hmm. in general, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, because one of the biggest things that I have been dealing with in my personal growth is getting away from thinking like, you know, you are your performance in any given race or in any given moment. And like, how do I compare to someone else? And just recognizing like, it it varies. So, you know, like you might in that one effort, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. And so I think for me, I... Um, I'm having, I'm trying to spin it into like, well, how is it about myself? Because it's so hard. To, that's such a hard question yeah. to answer, but, well, but maybe you know, to learn that you, you are, your effort is like learning that your effort is, is more of the collective than just, yeah. Yeah. And that that doesn't, everything that you do benefits other people besides just yourself too at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very much learning that, um, that, I mean, I love competition. I am so motivated by competition, but needing to learn like how to take that part of myself and use it in a really healthy and good way. And like, um, and I think part of it, like you're saying, is that I'm learning how much I like love and thrive working as as that collective like you're saying and mm-hmm. working for other people and honestly like in a lot of ways it's easier to hurt when it's for the team when it's for someone else yeah. and so i think really leaning into that is a really like great and unique and empowering experience in cycling and i'm yeah. excited for that i love that i love that yeah that you're kind of taking like the competitive aspects of yourself and being able to say, okay, this is what I can bring to the team. And how does me bringing this to the team benefit the collective? And what does mm-hmm. that look like? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, kind of raising the community or raising the team with this is my strength. So how can I help in a way? Yeah. 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 And also recognizing that, like, I am really excited. I was thinking about this literally today, like, because I'll be I was walking in my gym and seeing something about, you know, couch to 5k. And I was like, Oh, man, it'd be so cool to do like, you know, there's a series on YouTube couch to crit. And I was like, Oh, should I try to like, lead a couch to crit thing at the gym and get people like more into cycling. And you know, I'm definitely excited about thinking like, Mm -hmm. how do I grow the sport? I mean, even like two nights ago in bed, Ollie, my four year old said to me, he was like, mom, can you sign me up for a kid's bike class? And I was like, so excited. And I said to him, I was like, no, I don't know if they have those, but like, we could start it. We could, you know, do that. And I think I'm really like learning about how excited I am to grow the sport and build the community. And there's parts of me where I have to say, okay, do I have too much on my plate right now? Is now the time to do it? 
But I know that like, especially once my kids, you know, are a little bit older, that that is something I am really Mm -hmm. excited to lean into. And I actually didn't mention like on our team, we have a whole, we actually have a juniors program for junior girls. Yeah. So we have five junior girls signed up right now. And so when we've been doing these shop rides, the juniors start and they do a shorter version of the ride. They, so like the other week I met up with them at, you know, one of their houses and we rode, um, you know, the bike path over to the shop where we were starting. And then they rode with us for the first part of the ride. And so I got to, you know, meet them and chat with them and very much trying to figure out like, you know, what does this program look like and how do we mentor them? And, um, you know, I don't know. It's such a learning process, but I really do think it's, it's going to be very cool and like a good, um, yeah, it's just a really cool part of what we're doing. So I'm excited about that. I love that. Cause like you said, I think that's a great way to help get more because it starts at that age, right? Yeah. Like that's the age to get people into it and get excited about it. I mean, it starts at our kids age too, like four. And so like, that's a good age to start, but it starts, you know, junior age is an awesome time frame to really kind of get people into it and remove the the scary aspect of all the logistics that kind of come from you know yeah doing yes cycling is easy you can learn to ride your bike right but if like you can just go out and ride that there's nothing that that's easy to do yeah but when you want to maybe take it to the like hey i want to actually get into cycling like you said this is very convoluted and crazy and that can help kind of remove those pieces yeah. Um, so besides that, what would be your number one recommendation for somebody who is interested in getting into cycling? Like, yeah, what they number one. First? Yeah, number one is definitely, you know, start looking for that community in your area. And I think a way to do that is looking for this type of like shop group ride. I know when I mm-hmm. first moved to Portland, a little bit of Googling, I was able to find a women's group, Sorella uh, Forte, that start to ride from one of our bike shops, River City. And I went and I joined and I, you know, A, learned a great route, B, met people that were female cyclists in the community and like got to chat with them. And I think it's really like, you know, you might not find your community on the first one you try or whatever, but once you get locked in with like the right person or group or people who sort of get what you're trying to do, then I think like they can teach you a lot. So even, you know, when I first joined the team or was doing those initial rides um, with a team a couple of years ago um, at the end of 2022, I, I was asking like, probably really annoying. I was asking so many questions. I was like, okay, so like, what does it mean when you're in a race and this happens? Or like, how do you even go to that race or, you know, just every, everything. And I was, you know, asking training questions. How, like, how do you guys train? How are you thinking about this stuff? And, um, I feel like, I mean, truly there's no dumb question because I know, like I was looking, I was trying to do the research and find the answers and it was so difficult that you just have to ask people. So, you know, and everyone was so gracious and helpful and, you know, told me, like just whatever they could share. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's definitely the the way to go. Yeah. Just find, find people to connect with, to help like walk you through those and kind of makes more, makes yeah. it more fun. And uh, I mean, truly yeah. if anyone, you know, if any of your listeners want to reach out to me, 
I am happy to like I've had friends in other areas message yeah. me and ask me about stuff and I'm happy to do Googling too or so like try that, to Yeah. How can they find you? <laughs> yeah. How can they you find can... you? How can they find Valkyr Valkyr? Sorry. I almost said yes. Valkyrie and then I stopped myself in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> How can they find those so that they could reach out or follow your journey, follow the new team journey? Um yeah. Yeah. So my Instagram, I'm pretty sure it's at Amy G underscore Henderson. Think so. Um, and then, yeah. (laughs) And then, um, our, the podcast is at moms of triathlon and the bike team is at Valkyr cycling. So V A L K Y R cycling. And those are all, you know, honestly, if you reach out to any of those direct messages, I will probably be the one who sees it. So, um, yeah, feel free to reach out and connect. And I'm happy to answer any cycling questions that I can. Yeah. Let's get more people into it. Love it. Cycling, triathlon. It's all a lot of fun. And it teaches you a lot of great things that you can take down the road. Yeah, You can cycle forever. I mean, my parents are... How old? 68, 67, 68. I don't quite know. And they still go out their mountain bike. Like then they ride their bikes yeah. all the time. And it's just such great exercise. You get to explore new places. Like riding your bike is fun. Yeah. It's really fun. It's great. And you know, it's, there's so many different ways to do it. So there's something for everyone for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amy. Thanks for sharing your story today and a little bit about your new team. Um, Maybe we'll touch base here in the middle of the year and see how everything's going. Yeah, absolutely. Loved, love getting to chat. So uh, have a good, have a good one. Awesome.